you ready? Yep. Ankles comfortable? Yeah, not really, but we're both some boys. No, oh, well, what happened? Just like imagine an offensive lineman getting rolled up under by another player. That's exactly what happened, but on the end. And immensely. Yes. So. Damn. Immensely, I know. That's the worst way to go. Anywho. We, <laughs> episode 7, I believe. Paul Coffee, Rink Rat Report. A little bit of a lighter schedule finally. But, uh, I mean, it didn't matter. I think this, the, the team was a little bit flat. We'll get into that. A little least we can review. Some tough decisions to be made with the roster. Upcoming games. And we're going to... We're going to... We're going to turn turn around we're gonna we're gonna start criticizing the media media is always on on the team we're, we're gonna turn it around we're we're a team podcast so we're gonna start poking holes in the media and their dumb narratives that they got here as always joined by josh how's it going uh yeah a lot the narrative wheel is always turning it's uh it's always fun to see what they can come up with in the toronto media it gets tired times but at least it keeps us entertained you know so cocky too which is kind of annoying everyone thinks they know the most but then again so do we on this podcast we know everything everyone else is stupid so you want to hop into Leafs Week in Review first sure start with the Flyers game yep so Flyers to start I mean you know what pretty decent start to the game I must say outshot outshot the Flyers uh ended the first period 1-1 but uh I thought I thought they played well to start on the road too. A little bit of rest in their system, um, but I mean, after that, you want to comment on <laughs> after that first period? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't the best showing for the Leafs. That's for sure. Um, you know, it's uh, they had a little bit of time off. Maybe that uh, maybe that came into play there and Saturday night game should have had a little more jump than they did but um, yeah the Flyers are got a comment on the Flyers they're a pretty fun team to watch to be honest I, I would love to see them in the playoffs but uh, yeah what did you think what did you think of the game after the first uh, after the first so solid first period and then the second period just they got mauled their whole uh, their whole momentum got mauled by penalties I mean, three penalties within the first half of the second period. What do you think is going to happen there? The penalty kill hasn't been great either. You're throwing the same players out there. They're getting tired. But guess what? Then you don't have Matthews on the penalty kill. You don't have certain guys on the penalty kill. They're not getting those reps. You're cutting down their ice time there. And, I mean, when you're taking time off halfway through the game... It gets a little bit tougher on them, and you're 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 in your own end. Your your own team's tired. Your goal goalie's getting tired, and it's just an uphill battle from there, kind of thing. And they're lucky to have gotten out of that second period just it, with the game tied again. Um, but I don't even know how they won this game, to be honest. After that first period, I don't think it was very good at all. Yeah, I know the penalties. I mean, they're basically shorthanded for. If you look at the time of the penalties, it's pretty much. The entire first half of the second period. Honestly, they had three penalties in that 10 minutes, 10 minute frame. And if you count the time in between each penalty, it doesn't really give you time to put the lines back together. And so they were pretty much playing with a jumbled roster for, for a significant part of that second period. Yeah. Um, but they, they grinded through. They, they grinded through. 
Spets have scored before the end of the period, which I, I mean, for how the Leafs have played this year, they've got a lot of timely goals that have kept them in a lot of games yeah. where the momentum feels like it's swinging against them. But mm-hmm. you know what? They, they, they get some timely goal scoring. Oh, yeah. And uh, that Spets a goal. I mean, a lot of people criticizing, well, I thought it was Makayev or whatever. Spetsa did do a lot on that play. He had the shot, it got blocked, and then he was able to shove it through and maintain possession for the Leafs, get it in front of Makayev, and then, you know, it taps it home. You know, first goal for uh, his hometown team um, must have felt pretty good for him um, until he got scratched the next game, which made no sense. But, anywho on that, moving away from that note, um, as we said, I mean, the giving up, losing the penalty, uh, the special teams game, uh, six to two. That is two drawn penalties to six taken, and obviously they didn't do anything on the power play because the power play is an absolute joke. My God, zero for six total this week. I don't. I don't even want to calculate what it's been on the season. I don't want to calculate what it's been minus uh, the Minnesota game. It's been terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. But we were we. Digress, I guess that's the word. Um, one thing, I mean, and then they go into the third period. Um, that Mitch Marner goal, I mean, he's taking a lot of flack this year. He needed that one. He needed a nice one like that, yeah? Yeah, he's taking a lot of unnecessary flack, as usual. But, yeah, that was a sick goal. Sweet wraparound. I mean, he's just such a good player. You know, we're spoiled. Some of the members of, of hockey Twitter and Leafs Twitter are just spoiled because this guy's a good player i understand some of the numbers don't favor him mm-hmm. this year some of this very selective numbers that people choose to get yeah. players off of but uh but yeah again another timely goal like tied the game up right after he dropped one to the flyers so he, he came through as he seems to usually do for us honestly so i mean uh, not, not much else to say but he's, he's such a good player and Maybe we'll get into the, the, some of the narratives around him later, but yeah, that was a really we big will. goal for us. We will. Let's build that up even more. I think that's good. Great. Uh, we got a great little thing coming up there. But uh, yeah, uh, Leafs came through. Obviously, in the shootout. I mean, what did you think of the the two non moves by uh, Timoshov and Matthews there? I mean, that was that was just crazy. You rarely see someone pull a no move in the NHL rarely see a sh- it in the shootout and you i don't think that there's no sorry i can tell you for certain that in the nhl no two players have tried the same no move in one shootout again like that is insane when matthews tried it i was like pretty fired up like it's, oh. it's an awesome move when you score you make the goalie look so stupid it's embarrassing you feel so stupid i can tell you that from experience when I saw Timoshov try it as well, this guy has some balls, man. That's it was crap. I don't know if, if if that's ideal to have someone try the exact same no. crazy move like that as someone else that already attempted and failed at. But I mean, there's so many different. Yeah, there's so many different ways of thinking of that, though. I mean, he's coming and he's thinking. The, yeah, Brian Elliott Moose isn't thinking I'm doing the same move again like yeah. might as well give it a try but that's your first NHL shootout attempt and you do no move after someone else has done no move you're getting picked fifth uh, on the team to shoot ahead of guys like Spezza Kerfoot Andreas Janssen um, he's only he only played 7-14 before that I mean that takes like does he carry his balls around in a wheelbarrow I mean that was it would be if I were Mike Babcock I'd be 
I don't even know. I'd, I'd shake my head at that one. It's kind of weird, but uh, nevertheless, they came through. But uh, I just before we move away from this game, I did want to touch on what uh, you said about Philadelphia. They are a fun team to watch. They have some great young players in there, but then they also have those guys like JVR, uh, Kevin Hayes, who I mean, they're gonna hate those contracts. Obviously, at, towards the end of the, towards the end of their tenure there, but a lot of good vets on that team mixed with a lot of good young talent it's going to be interesting to see if they can get if they can bring it all together put together a good playoff run maybe uh because you know that if it gets what four or five years into four or five years from now i mean they're going to be stuck with a lot of those veteran contracts and uh, uh, for guys that are getting paid a lot and aren't going to be producing as much as they should be for that their cap hit, right? Completely agree. Um, like like the young players are good, but even even then, like not not to jump jump around here, but what what is the ceiling of their young players right now? You know what I mean? Like, do they have any blue chippers coming up? Like, like I'm, you're not gonna go the Matthews or McDavid, but even like, is anyone the level of let's say a Matt Matt Kachuk, someone um, like that? Like, how good are their young players? Is what I'm asking you. you think? I I really like a lot of them. I mean, they got Yul Faraby coming up. Uh, they called up German Yerman Rupsov this game, and they have this season a little bit, which is a little bit surprising because I think he was injured all of last year, so he must have showed them something really good in the preseason. I mean, I sound a little unprepared not knowing what the Flyers did in the preseason, but let's get real. I'm not watching Flyers hockey in the preseason. Um, but they do have a lot of solid guys coming up. I mean, they drafted Cam York Wait, where, as well. Like, where's the like? Is there a guy that they're like, okay, this guy's our future? You know, maybe it's Provorov. But even then, how, how much talent do you think is 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 on the horizon for this? I know what you mean. It's not a lot of high high end talent, but there is a lot of depth to it. I mean, listen to these names: Philip Myers. We saw him in the World Juniors. Big boy can skate very good player i think he's gonna be very good very soon travis sandheim i mean a little bit of a tough saturday night but uh he's i still also think is a very good player ivan provorov in there as well cam york coming up in a uh, three years or so i really hope i'm getting that um yeah as i said cam york uh you'll fair be i mean this guy was getting power play time he was in college what like less than a year ago um and then the list goes on. Travis Konechny in there as well. So, I mean, I just listed off, what, a ton of players there. But I I know what you're saying. I don't think any of them are going to be someone where it's like, oh, we're building this team around this guy. I don't think any of them are going to be touching $11, $12 million like we've seen with the Leafs, though. But, and like Carter Hurt. Like I didn't even mention Carter Hurt. Go on. Yeah, you're right. But like, sorry, as you said before about the timing thing, it's like by the time all those guys come up and are and are, and are ready to yeah. go, will it be too late? I don't want to say too little, too late, but you ruined Borchek who are both on the wrong side of thirty now. So yeah, who and knows? JVR, we saw. I mean, he's looked very good with the Flyers, but we saw it with the Leafs. I mean, I don't know that lower body. I'm not a doctor, but that lower body doesn't look like it's gonna be. Uh, skating like he's 25 five years from now kind of thing anyways let's move on uh la game a little bit of a a schnoozer i must say until like the, the third period there yeah what did you think of this game yeah holy yeah it, it was it was a pretty slow game honestly 
maybe to be expected because I feel like that's kind of the way LA plays. They play like that all, for, for a long time. And t- to be quite frank, their team's just really not that good right now either. No. Honestly. Um, but you know what? The Leafs did what they needed to do to win this game. Something I want to point out, and I, and I did mention it last week, last Wednesday, is that Frederick Anderson needed to step up, and I expected he would. And, and he played great in, I think, both of these games, honestly. Flyers, he was peppered with shots. He was. Most, like, I think they have, did they have 40 shots? It was, it was close to there, but the Flyers game, I mean, a couple of the goals were not, I don't want to say his fault, but they were on the, they were on the um, latter half of, uh, that, that makes absolutely no sense. I'm such a donkey. I don't know. They were stoppable, I think. He could have played them a little bit better, but no, he agree, did but he 100%. A really yes, nice he, he made some really nice saves. He came up clutch. And that's what you needed your goalie to do. I mean, Konechny had, right? yeah, Konechny had that breakaway uh, that he stopped five hole. That was, I mean, that was the game right there. And uh, he made that save, and they got the win because of it. So, I think he made he had a lot of good saves. He made a lot of good plays, but uh, but um, yeah, a couple of those goals. I don't know. I guess we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on them, but. What about the LA game? Are you gonna give me that? He played well. He played well. The LA game was really interesting. Yeah, the LA game to me was really interesting because they didn't get, to me, they didn't get those like clear cut like, oh, it's a breakaway, oh, huge save. There was a lot of plays where it was like, the puck was bouncing, kind of like broken plays in front, kind of thing, where he stood tall and made the save. And I was actually like, just thinking from it from a goalie's perspective, those aren't guaranteed stops there and especially if you're not getting the most amount of action it's very easy to misplay that maybe put out a bigger rebound than expected and then the puck ends up in the back of your net there so i did think i did like his performance in this la game um and i've liked his performance this year i really don't like the narrative of oh it's been the least goaltending that's put him behind the eight ball um i mean i haven't done it yet but calculate his save percentage minus that tampa bay game and what do you got yeah no, you're right. That's a fair point. A fair I mean, point. I'm, right. I'm always right. But anyways, with this game, um, yeah, kind of slow, especially from the stars. And I mean, the panel was ragging on them, especially O-Dog after the second period there. But they flashed their talent. And that's something I'm going to get into after I analyze this game. But uh, they flashed their talent in the third. And what happened? Goal, goal, chance, goal, chance, chance, like... One thing about this game also, um, Travis Dermott was starting to show some speed, some skill, which I really liked, which was really promising because they need him in that top four role. I mean, I'm a CC stand, but... Uh... No, you're not. No, you're not. You cannot be as Cody's CC stand. I think I'll fall off that uh, that stand right there if, if Travis Dermott... I wouldn't mind Travis Dermott in the fourth line above Kakapipi there. But, uh, yeah, this LA game, I mean... Both sides, there wasn't too, too many chances, but I mean, they got it done and they needed to. Like, like you said on social media, this team is so talented. Uh-oh. You saw in a one minute span, they can blow up an entire game. And that's exactly what they did. Honestly, it was extremely fun and impressive to watch. Uh, Matthews gets a nice goal on, on, on a couple nice plays in the offensive zone by that by that line. And then the, the second goal was just beautiful. I mean, Nylander yeah. caused the turnover in the neutral zone patience to send it to Matthews and I'm sure the goalie thought Matthews would shoot that sends it back to Nylander and even more patience 
the, the perfect little toe drag backhand top mm-hmm. shot. It was such a nice goal. And, and, and just to bury the game as well. You know what? Nylander deserved that one. He's been playing well. And he hasn't put up the raw point totals that I think have no. reflected the level of play oh, that he's shown so far. So it was good to see you get that goal. It was no, a really nice no, goal, honestly. No. And, and that was the game, really. Yeah. I mean, did you have any faith that, that Los Angeles was score no. even another goal in that game? I just felt like after that, it was like, like you said, a one-minute stretch can win a game for you. Yeah. I've got I've got some other couple comments about this game, but... Uh, I just got this right now. Uh, Blues trade Robbie Fabry to the Red Wings for Jacob DeLaRose. Whoa! Whoa! Wow. Yeah. The Red Wings are really... I mean, I really, really like that trade in terms of ceiling for the Red Wings. I don't think Jacob DeLaRose brings much to the table, but if Robbie Fabry can get get health... Get back to where he was when he started his career. I mean, I'm a big Robbie Fabry fan. Oh, yeah. Going back to... Junior, and even before Junior, uh, yeah. minor when vision. he was with um, the Rebels and they won the OHL Cup, Cup over Connor McDavid and Josh Hosang, and actually, yeah. I think seven guys from that team signed their entry level yeah. deals. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it, it was like it was he was supposed to be the star of the the future. Oh yeah, Blues, right? It was supposed he was the, their top prospect, really. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. The injuries have killed him, right? He's There's been so many. Twice, which is really tough. Oh, yeah. 37 so, points. Uh, and, I, I, lo- I love Yeah, and 37 points in that first year, 29 and 51 in that next one, and then the ACL gives out. I think it was the ACL again after that. Then the ankle injury. I mean, it was nice to see him win that cup, and I really, really hope he can get back to where he is because he brings a lot to the table. He's a key... He could be a, something good, hopefully, and that's I think I think the Red Wings see something in him. Yeah. That's the type of trade Detroit should make, though. I mean, oh yeah, it, it's it's a low risk. You're just, Swing for the fences. Rosie, we kind of know who he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he, he the feeling that Fabry could possibly bring would be would be really beneficial for them. And it's interesting to see. I mean, so we'll see. I mean, interesting trade to bring. Oh, yeah. They now have three picks from the first round in 2014. Brendan Perlini actually came coming over uh, last week in exchange for Alec Regula. Regula's having a good year with the, the Knights, but uh, I mean, yeah, that that I think Perlini also could bring something to the table. We just we need to see it. Show me, show me. Anyways, I I couldn't let that one sit any longer than I did. Sorry about that. Getting back oh, to yeah. this game, yeah, I think the Leafs showed that they're not out of it in any game no matter the score because there's so much talent once they decide to turn it uh turn it on once the other team takes a step back once they give them that extra inch i mean you're done you're gonzo you're not you're you're giving up a couple goals and the leafs are right back into it if not they're on top so that's what i saw here uh, especially that matthew's Nylander combination. I, I calculated it was from 7:37 in the third, from when Dermot got that good chance that uh, Quick gloved on him, um, and then they had the two goals there. Obviously, everyone saw those. Both, I mean, one of them nice little greasy goal, and then Nylander's amazing one, uh, and then right, right after that, Trevor Moore with a nice chance. I thought too, and then 6:37. That's one minute of the game. And they were able to pull away. That's all this team needs, kind of thing. And it's quite interesting. And I really, really hope that they can fit it all together. But oh, I think they can. I, yeah. I, think they can. Uh, I do. I really something. Do. Something's gonna snap. Something's gonna snap. 
But moving on. Yeah, so again, again, we'll take two wins, right? We'll take it. At the end of the day, oh, yeah. I thought overall, I mean, it wasn't the most impressive two wins you'll see all year, but you'll you'll take it again. And they're sitting at eight, five, and three. A lot of panic in the media again. Yeah, like there, there is all the time. But hey, they're they're doing they're doing pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty good. So since that Tampa Bay blunder by um, that wasn't by Frederick Andrews. The whole team just decided to go golfing that night. Um, since then, since the Tampa Bay game, Frederick Anderson is 6-0-2 with a 9.22 save percentage. 6-0-2. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's played well. You're right. Not bad. Not bad. And then, anyways, okay, let's move on. That was the point I wanted to prove with that one. Um, moving on, let's take a look at uh, the upcoming schedule. They got a big game against the Knights here. I mean... I don't want to call those two games cupcake games against uh, the Flyers and the Kings there, but the Flyers were coming off a back-to-back um, in that Saturday game there, and the Kings are a, I mean, they're a wasteland of what was greatness kind of thing. But this is going to be a tough matchup for the forwards here, and Tavares, I hope, is right back to 100% because Mark Stone, William Carlson, Riley Smith, Max Pacioretty, March so and the list goes on is going to be a tough matchup there yeah i mean i picked vegas to make the cup final to start the year and they honestly have not played that well so far their record no. similar to the leafs speaks otherwise but they yeah they, they really they really they haven't been really firing on all cylinders at all they're still nine five and two i they still lead not lead their division they're still in a playoff spot sorry but yeah they haven't really had the best start to the year yeah. i feel like they probably underestimated the impact of someone that could move the puck like Colin Miller. And yeah. it seems like they're missing that aspect on their back end. Their back end is definitely the weak spot on the team so far, yeah. I would say. Um, their forward group is loaded, like we talked about. I mean, oh, yeah. they've been... They, they, yeah, it's guys that can play so both ends, too. But, yeah, they, but Fleury um, back, too, on top of that. That's going to be... I believe they got... And then... And then again. Uh, Fleury's back as well. He was missing one game or two, I think. Yep. So. And Nate Schmidt's back as well, who will definitely yes. give that aspect to their back end that they've been missing. So it'll be a great game. I feel like any time these two teams have played, it's been a really entertaining game yeah. in the past two years. So looking forward to it. Exactly. Um, yeah, this will be an entertaining one. Hopefully the teams, I mean, I don't want to say snaps out of there. I don't think they've been that bad, but oh, they really need to show up this game. That's all. Or else it's going to be a very quiet Air Canada Center there. Um, and then we got Philadelphia again in our barn. So I think we know what to expect there. I think we're going to see a better showing from the Leafs and hopefully another two points there. But the game that I always have circled and I'm going to have circled uh, for the next, can't do math right now, five years I want to say it is, is the Leafs in New York. And I love to see those gritty New York fans show up and boo Tavares and, I don't know, rant about God knows what. I'll try to find that clip again of that guy behind the bench there. But what do you think of that Leafs versus uh, Islanders game there? Islanders have been hot, too. They've been hot. I mean, it's been over a year of them just being on fire. I don't know what's going on there. What, of them being a facade, in yeah. my opinion. Of them being a facade. I know, but I mean, eleven and three is just like, where does that come from? Where are they getting this this 
defense and goaltending on is what I want to know. I don't understand. But you know what? It's going to be ridiculous. You're right. You said five years. I believe Tavares signed for seven years. So that would be six years. I know you're not a big math guy. but that's No, what, after that's this one. Be. For the next five years. After this one. I know what I'm talking well, about. Well, you weren't including this one. Okay. The old, the old you weren't included. I, 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 I like that state. For, but, I, I mean, it's crazy, man. The Islanders, how are they doing it again? The goaltending has just been on fire for them. So it, it'll be a, a tough test for our forwards, no matter if it's Grice or Barlamov. And it's, I mean, again, they they play they really they, they play low event hockey. They don't yeah. dominate any game. They they don't have that much talent up front. No offense, Islanders fans, but they, they don't. And and they win. They find ways to win. And, and again, going into that barn for Tavares is always going to be. Just horrible. They're gonna fool oh, him it's gonna be. as long as he's still in the NHL. So that that's always brings another aspect to the game as well. That should be a good game. Hopefully I, we win. I agree. I want us to be more than almost any team in the league right now. Honestly, that's how, that's that's how much I think of a disgusting <laughs> fan base they have. Oh man. Devin Taves was actually, he took a while to get into the NHL. I'm just looking at it now. Nine points in 14 games. So good for him. It's good to see him uh, make his way up. He had a couple dominant years in the AHL at a later-ish age. So cool to see that. But my opinions on this game, it's really going to come down to, I think, the bottom two lines have more skill than, I think, some of the players on the second line for the Islanders there. I don't want to totally disrespect them. They do have some good players there, but the bottom two lines really need to show up and they really need to contribute offense uh, offensively, I think, in order for the Leafs to be successful here. Because, I mean, I don't know. I Like, la- last year, Tavares' first game, I mean, the top lines were kind of silent. So if that happens again if, against the gritty Islanders, if, if Matthews, Marner don't respond, Nylander don't respond well to the lack of time that the islanders uh team gives them i think the bottom two lines really need to come through and give them that push like they did in detroit there no that's a really good point i totally agree that the bottom six of the islanders is definitely more intended to be a little more physical and less skilled mm-hmm. and and compared to the guys we have in our bottom six it's it's not even a comparison honestly not not to be to be blunt about it but uh, especially the third line for us I mean, they should, oh, yeah. should, I really, like should really pull well that game. Yeah, the third line for the Islanders right now is Dal Cole, Casey Sezikas, and Cal Clutterbuck. And the second line is Bayouvier, Brock Nelson, Derek Broussard. It's a mixed I mean, bag right our, there. Our third line is yeah. better than that second line, honestly. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. I mean, Brock Nelson's not bad. Bayouvier, not yet. Um, but, yeah, moving on, I think we've got... Any other comments about uh, the upcoming Skeddy? No, that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward to the Vegas game again. Always exciting. Two possible Stanley Cup final preview. You never know. Ooh. Still sticking to that one. Uh, okay. Oh. Our, our big one. Media narratives. Let's start off. If you're, I mean, we can start off big media or Twitter. What you've seen on Twitter. Do you want to start on this one or should I? You just want to get me fired up. You want me yeah. to talk about the, the pukes on Twitter. Huh? The that pukes on Twitter. Let's hear it. Well, you know what? The, the thing is that I, I love stat, stat statistics. Any any numbers you can bring into any sport, hockey, baseball, basketball, oh, I love it. Like, I, I've, yeah. I've felt this way for a long time. But it gets to a point where it, it becomes so clear that people skew certain numbers to favor their opinions 
that, that, that it's, it's borderline ridiculous. There needs to be an element of transparency with these with people posting their different models and different analytics because mm-hmm. it, it, it's getting honestly ridiculous. Like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it to you if you don't follow the same people that I do on Twitter. But it's a lot of the Leafs Twitter. Uh, it's literally yeah. called Leafs Twitter. It, it's the same people. I'm not going to name any names, but mm-hmm. and, and their target this year has been Mitch Marner, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, rip on the guy all you want. He, he's my favorite player on the Leafs. He's been he's been the guy uh, I've loved this kid since he was five foot six on the London Knights. I mean, and, and they just not the, playing for they, the buzzers even before that. The buzzers, you're right. Down those flyers in, in, against Newmarket in the finals. Like I, I posted I, that one, yeah. I understand there's things that go into that, like the contract negotiation, but I mean, I just read a model today that has Marner 15 of the 16 skaters on the Leafs. That, that's where they rank him this year. Look, I get it. He hasn't been terrific five on five, sure. But he also has, he, he does, have, he has scored even strength goals. They've just been either at four on four, three on three, or whatever it may be. So again, that's, you're just sli- slightly skewing the numbers by saying he doesn't have a five on five goal. Okay, sorry. He scored a sick four on four goal against the Flyers. Does that not count anymore? Does that not count? Tell me. I don't know. Like not to not to get fired up here, but holy cow, we're so lucky to have these players, and and it's just it comes off as so biased. Uh, maybe I'm the only one who feels this way, but you can tell because of what happened this summer and how they've treated the other star player on the Leafs in, mm-hmm. in big media criticism by Brian Burke types of the world, who nobody should be listening to, anyways. So what's why are we getting upset over him saying mm-hmm. Nylander isn't good enough, but we know he's good enough, right? So it's it's just. A cycle of Nylander versus Marner. They pit the two against each other. And now everyone is on the anti-Marner back line. That's fine. All I got to say is, when they win the Stanley Cup, don't cheer. Because it like root for this team. It's becoming what people root against them. They don't want him to do well. I, I'm reading a reply to the tweet about the model that has Mitch Marner as the 15th best player on the Leafs this year. And the first response is, inject this into my veins from a Leaf fan. Really? Are you really a fan? If he's really the 15th best forward on the Leafs, how... Could you be happy about that if you're a fan? That's horrible. Don't you want everyone to do good? Whether it's Marner, whether it's Nylander, whether it's freaking Jason Spezza, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's, I just can't fathom trying to skew arguments against a player on your own team. Sorry, that's all. I went on an absolute rant there. Man. Off, it bugged me so much. Like, I can't, it, it's, like, it's like this. Here's an example. I saw a stat for a baseball player, Marcus Simeon, who was nominated for the MVP award for the AL MVP award Mm -hmm. and someone tweeted the only person to have these stats in the history of baseball are Marcus Simeon Babe Ruth and Luke Guerin which is like wow insane but the stats that they listed were like his exact average so it was like the only players in MLB history to have a 307 average with 37 home runs and 111 RBIs or whatever and they just you can skew any group of numbers to make any player look as amazing as you want mm-hmm. or as poorly as you want so that, uh, that just bothers me so the narratives that are coming out now are Mitch Marner isn't good okay he's not good then you know what don't cheer for him when he goes on and on to have a sick run when we win the Stanley Cup don't cheer for him fine Holy done you got me riled up <laughs> what if I said we weren't recording and you have to do that all again <laughs> I'll do it a hundred times over because it's ridiculous <laughs> again the bad thing is me you're Leaf fans why would you root for your own guy to do poorly? It doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't. It's numbers that say he's, he's not good. Well, okay, great. Your numbers say he's not good. Now what? Where, where does that get us? 
Like, Absolutely uh, nowhere. I feel like it's there's... not discounting the work of a lot of a- analytical models that are out there. But no. no, not at all. I think a lot of them are very useful, and if you use them in conjunction with making points about the game, then they become very useful as they should be. Um, one thing I wanted to point out also, I feel like a lot of this comes up because. Uh, Simply because there seems like to be two groups of, uh, of Leafs fans. Ones that say stats are stupid and the other that live and die by these numbers that they come up with. with I don't know how. but And then I feel like they peg certain players that the other group likes against one another. And it just becomes a whole kerfuffle. I don't even bother replying to some tweets that are not to my own. Because it's just hot air most of the time. You're not convincing these people of anything kind of thing. Um, I want to get more into big media. Uh, I heard, so I, I started listening. I listened to Steve Dangle podcast and then there was some, and then overdrive and then the first stop or whatever. And they've, it sounds like they're given a lot of heat to the big guys on the Leafs and that being Matthews, uh, Nylander. I heard a lot of, and less so Marner now. Uh, do you have any opinions on that? One thing that I, that I, I do honestly believe, at the end of the day, you, you win and lose with your star players in this league, and if they don't perform, you're, you're probably not going to win. I don't think that's a hot take by any sense of the imagination. No. I think they've all been pretty good this year, honestly. They haven't been spectacular. But it's not like, again, it's just an overreaction. It's not like the Leafs are 3-5-8. Yeah. and eight. They're 8-5-3. and three. I mean, exactly. they're not doing terrible. They're in a wild card spot. Sure, they're not doing as well as Boston, who's on an insanely unsustainable run right now. Mm-hmm. But they're still doing fine. And it's been again, it hasn't even been twenty games. We're not even a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me on on New Year's Day. Honestly, then then I'll tell you if the stars are are, are giving right. us a reason to worry. Because mm-hmm. right now I, I don't see it. Sorry. What, what do you think? Um, I think if they're struggling, I mean, just reading off of it, I, I don't have per game stats here but uh, Matthews is 11th in the league in points um, and then for goals he's third right now alone in third and then Marner is 15th so if they're struggling right now I'm, I'm almost kind of happy I do see what they mean oh there's there's no physicality they're not hitting people it doesn't look like shift to shift they're you know smacking people around kind of thing but i don't know what people saw in years past kind of thing because we didn't sign david clarkson to 11 million dollars if we did if we signed a guy who put up 30 goals in the past to 11 million dollars i hope he is causing a riot in the stands on the ice everywhere every single shift if he is doing that no we signed what Matthews had 40 goals at 18 years old and then 34 and 32 I think or something like that after that we signed Mitch Marner who had what 94 points last year they're doing exactly what they've done in the past unfortunately they haven't taken a step forward in the defensive end but I don't think they've been that bad I think just people are nitpicking shifts here and there because they got all this money kind of thing so I think it's just nitpicking at this point. Toronto media focused too much on the Leafs because the Raptors championship parade is over kind of thing. Yeah? 
Yeah, but that's just what they do. Honestly, how about this? That, that they don't like they can, they just cherry pick again. It's it's the same thing. These two groups of people, the Twitter people, the stats people versus the grit and the big media people, they both do the same thing. So the thing that big media is anchoring on right now is oh. Matthews isn't physical enough. He isn't engaged enough. But they fail to point on other things in his game that he has improved year to year. Not to mention his points and his goals. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about this. He's 58% on his faceoffs. Nobody has mentioned that wow. once. But Joe, if he was 42% on his faceoffs, I guarantee they would bring that up every single day. You know what I mean? So it's again, you find one thing to anchor to, and you just keep playing it over and over until people start to be, to see one shift where Matthews maybe doesn't finish a check that he normally would never finish. But mm-hmm. now Joe Schmo from Woodbridge saw that and goes, hey, my, the people I listen to on Leafs Lunch say he's not physical. Maybe he isn't physical. And that's how this all starts. Again, you never, you never take one play or one game like that as a representation of a player's entire season. Yeah. And sure, there's been shifts where they have not been as dominant as people would like. There's no doubt about that. But they've been fine. And like you said, if this is them playing bad, we are in for a treat because, I mean, the good's going to be out of this world, apparently. So. Oh, yeah. I think the funniest quote in all of this was, uh, I'll let you guess who it was, but uh, here's how it reads. All you cheese-filled chicken nugget eating idiots panicking about the team that played 12 NHL games in 23 days, relax. I'm talking to you Maple Leafs fans. I'm tired of seeing your guys' shit on my feed, so just shut the hell up until the All-Star break. Thanks. Can I guess? Do I get one guess? Yeah, go. Is that Mike Commodore? No. Uh, Danny, the All-Star. No. Danny Heatley, All-Star. Uh, yeah. I thought the it was a heat. real person. <laughs> oh, a real guy. Are you talking? What are you talking about? I thought that one was perfectly, yeah. perfectly summed up everything, though. Is there any other narratives in the media you've picked, you've nitpicked? I think no, this is how I, it I should know. remain. I don't think though. people talk enough. Honestly, the one that I'm surprised isn't bringing brought up more is how Morgan Riley's played defensively this year. To be honest, but I've heard it a decent amount. I mean, I, you, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe I, I just, I just haven't heard it, but I'm surprised. I don't, I'm not saying that. Again, it's very early, and he, he hasn't had the best start to the year. He's been yeah. disappointing, but. It's not the end of the world. I'm just surprised you haven't heard more, more of it. If he was named mm-hmm. the captain, you probably wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh, honest, no. But. I mean, just the way... There's some, like... I don't know. I feel like you can make a compilation of like some of the plays where he's just getting walked coming in two-on-two or one-on-one. That's ridiculous. But his offensive numbers are kind of covering it up. I mean, 15 points in 16 games is nothing to sneeze at there. I just wish he would put in a power play a goal once in a while. Like I wish the whole power play would do anything. 0 for 6 this week. Completely ridiculous. I know. The power play's definitely not been good enough. But, uh, yeah, in terms of narratives, they are unnecessarily hard on William Elander. He's just mm-hmm. the whipping boy for some. Of, but, it, again, yeah. it's a very small subset of people who do that. I think most people recognize he's a really good player who's played really well this year. Yeah. Most... Uh, most tweets bashing Neil, William Nylander usually start with I'm tired of all you stat heads or something like that I I, I don't know so yeah. I don't pay too too much attention to those uh, they did start to get to me last year I can't believe last year at this time this guy was still not signed and then uh, last year this time next week he was still not signed and the week after that he was still not yeah. signed that was wild 
but See, I'm so last, glad it was over. Last year it didn't it didn't bother me as much because I knew one once he he held out like that he was just a very easy target for the media. Oh yeah. So you knew they were even if even if he, he honestly even if he doubled the amount of points and goals he had last year he probably still would have been ripped on. You know oh, what I mean? Because they, it just it was just an easy target. Oh yeah. I mean, everyone's an easy target. I mean, everyone was saying oh it's because. He's from Sweden that he's getting. If he was from Toronto, everyone would be so much easier on him. But then we saw a lot of people whipping Mitch Marner around this past season, uh, this past off season when he held out for what two days of camp. So quite one an day, one day, one day, of camp. one day of camp. My mistake. He was just with Tavares while they, while uh, while he had his uh, his family leaving at that time. So oh. that, they missed the same amount of days. But whatever. Oh. Again. It's it's just it's uh, the thing that, that I would like to get across is that it's just unfortunate mm-hmm. to see people pitted against each other. But at the end of the day, guys, we're all rooting for the same thing here. We want the cup exactly. to come back. Like, it's, it, at the end of the day, whether it's Marner or Nylander scores or play better, like who cares? Honestly, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Um, and then last last thing to touch on. I mean, this is gonna be a bit of a crapshoot kind of thing. Uh, I think in terms of both of us guessing, who do you think leaves when uh, Hyman comes back? Because I think the Leafs need to drop around three players, I think it is. Yeah, so is it, here, here's how we need to frame this. Is it, who do, let, let's do who do we think, and then who, who we would choose to be in the, in the lineup. Because what? I think those are two very different questions. Oh, yeah. I think if you ask me who I would choose, my lineup would look like this. You have Hyman moving back with Tavares and mm-hmm. Marner. You keep Janssen, Matthews, and Nylander together. You yeah. keep Mikhaev, Kerfoot, and Kaplan together. Trevor Moore s- slides down to fourth line left wing. You have Jason mm-hmm. Spezza down the middle. And you have Timoshov on the other wing. Those would be my four lines. I actually don't think it's that complicated in my eyes. It's almost unfortunate that Moore saying... has to play in the fourth line because I feel like he could play anywhere in this lineup, but I feel like if someone were to say, yeah, he's going to be playing in the first line as a complimentary role, I wouldn't blink twice at it. I think he's been great this year. No, I, I totally agree. And honestly, people have been really complimentary of, of Frederick Goche this year, and I, I think he's played yeah. better than last year. I said that on Skates the last a lot podcast. faster. But is he playing well? Has he... Has he done anything to really earn that fourth line spot? In my opinion, he hasn't. Uh, I'm sorry, he hasn't. Uh, I, I would, I wouldn't even have him as the first scratch. Honestly, I would, I would have Nick Patan there. To be honest, I think he probably brings more to the table than Gote. But as Mike Babcock famously will repeatedly said, say, Frederick Gote is six five every single day of the week, so he is going to be our fourth line center. And I think the last position will be. Either Nick Patan or Timoshov. I, I think Spence's time on this team may be up, unfortunately. Uh, you, that is think? that is what the rumors are saying. Um, and Frederick Gauthier may be 6'5 every day of the week, but he is seventh, tied for sixth on the team in hits. Behind Timoshov, who's, I think, 5'10, so a whole 7, 5'10, five days of, seven days of the week. Does not play like it, though. Um, and also behind Kasperi Kapanen and Kerfoot. And then the defenseman. Actually, he's not even a defenseman. You know who number one is? I just did this now. Just look this one up. I'm going to say Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore with 29 in 16 games. How is that for you? And I think he's around 5'10", too. Those, those stats, the, way they, the, the way they count those stats, it's like 
It is a bit of a crapshoot. What's a hit, what's on it, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Frederick Goche is still not physical. Yeah. For his size. I think that's... Being seventh on the Leafs in hit is not saying much, honestly. It's not saying anything. I was meaning to say that's terrible. Uh, But... Yeah. Oh, okay, you want more hits, you're saying? Okay. I, yeah, well, it's horrible. 14 hits in 16 there, games is terrible. Yeah. The Leafs yeah. somehow out-hit their opponents every single game, which makes no sense to me. But, uh, yeah, 14 hits in 16 games is not enough, for especially for a guy that's supposed to be playing fourth line. He's supposed to be that big bruiser. But uh, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. If, I, if it were my say, I would probably put the exact same lineup as what you just said. Um, I think I had it written down last week uh, that when everyone comes back healthy, that, that those were my lines. But uh, it looks like Spezza's time up, the time is up here kind of thing. I mean, the reports are rolling out, and unfortunately, I don't see a way around it. Uh, the thing is, though, I mean, Babcock was giving him more and more time when Tavares was out which was interesting to see uh, and then a goal and assist I mean well he did more so a goal and then the awesome shootout goal as well to save the Leafs in that Saturday game and he gets scratched so that scratch last night or Tuesday I guess it would be um, is pretty telling to me that uh, it's game over for him here unfortunately And, and honestly, I hope it's not the case. I think yeah. he's played pretty well, honestly. For the but role he's been given, yeah. Who knows? My, does he, he From the get-go, from that first game, when he got yeah, scratched yeah. by Mike Babcock, the right's kind of been on the wall for him, unfortunately. And again, it has nothing to do... I, he could have come out here and played 10 times better than he did right mm-hmm. now, and Mike Babcock probably wouldn't have had him in the lineup. The guy's, the guy's stubborn, and he believes in his own ways, and that's just how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. I mean, he took a page out of Nick Nurse's book. He went, hey, Nick Nurse uh, arrested Kawhi on back-to-backs. Uh, I should do that with Spezza, even though there's no correlation. I don't know. I don't know what he was playing to in that one, but awesome. I think we've pretty much beaten everything over the head uh, in this one. Uh, Shout-out to Cody PP for winning Grit Guy of the Week with uh, three block shots and six hits. Uh, I just wanted to throw that one out there. Um, great job! You're everyone's so proud of you, especially on this pod. Yes, I have no other comments on that. We need Dermot in the top four, man. Like you said, we need Dermot in the top four. I did say that. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a Cody PP guy. Four hours of the week, but I'd really like to see Travis Dermot, especially from what we saw last game. I'd really like to see Travis Dermot in the top four. But uh, anyways, I think we've got. We've talked about everything we could this week. Uh, awesome epi, Josh. Thanks for joining me, especially with your your injury. I mean, people don't understand. Podcasting is uh, it's a rough job, too. We, uh, But someone's got to do it. Thanks for joining me, Josh. That's all for this week. Take no care, problem. everyone.